Hour News. As it happens, when it happens, wherever it happens. Local, regional, and global. Only on Q95, the big station. Q95DA.com. Right on Q. This is the Midday News for Wednesday, August 31st. In the headlines, Dominica Cooperative Society's League General Manager, Phoenix Belfield, announces the loss of one of their icons and stalwarts, Clement Montgomery Carty, who passed away on August 30 at the age of 74. The Eastern Caribbean Securities Regulatory Commission calls for early stakeholder participation in equity-based crowdfunding in the ECCU member countries to improve access to finance for MSMEs. And the U.S. Department of Justice DOJ dropped a bombshell falling ahead of a midnight Tuesday deadline, stating that the Trump team concealed and moved top-secret documents before the search at Bar-a-Lago. The news is brought to you through the very kind compliments of Courts Dominica Limited. into the ozone at Quartz Optical. Get your free eye exam plus free children's frames with any lens purchase. Adults get 25% off frames and lenses. When you shop today with no cash, three to 24 month credit terms available. So book your appointment online today at QuartzOptical.com. Get in on the deals and save now. Only at Quartz Optical. Value you can see. Promotion runs till August 31st, 2022. Special conditions apply. Assistance to students and families in need in this new school term should be made available to all and not just a select few. That's according to opposition leader Lennox Linton on the growing concerns of average parents and students as it relates to receiving much-needed school supplies and other critically needed assistance. Many raise the arguments that the process by which parents receive assistance has now become a matter of political preference and affiliation. Linton says when one considers the source of funding for these programs being monies belonging to all citizens then naturally every citizen is entitled to equal assistance and not just a select few the fact that the government is giving uh, or providing assistance uh, from the public purse for people uh, for the children of, of Dominica entering secondary school whether it be textbooks or school fees or uniform or transportation, the fact that the government is providing assistance for that. There's nothing wrong with it in principle, except that since it is the money of the public that we're using, it must be available for everybody. And we have gotten to the stage now where we have enough resources and we can afford to have proper arrangements for these assistance programs and packages to be handed out not on a partisan basis not by who you support or who you do, but to all of the people make it available to everybody it's available to everybody right now it looks as though it's some labor party thing that is running for labor rights but it's not labor party money or labor rights money it is the money that belongs to all of the people of dominica and therefore all of the people of dominica must benefit so everybody must go to the locations and show up and we must demand that proper arrangements are put in place to hand over or to deliver the assistance that the government is providing from the public purse for the people of Dominica for 
educational purposes. Opposition leader Lennox Linton. The credit union movement mourns the loss of Clement Carty, who passed away on Tuesday, August 30th. He was 74 years old. General manager of the Dominica Cooperative Society's League of Phoenix Belfield says Carty was no ordinary Dominican. He described him as a pioneer and visionary leader of the credit union movement who dedicated his life in service to the people. He says Carty's tenure saw dynamic evolution at the Credit Union League. Barakati was the recipient of the island's third highest honor, the Meritorious Service Award, and served at various credit union levels, including the Supervising Compliance Committee and the Board of Directors. His tenure at the Credit Union League saw a dynamic evolvement or evolution of the movement in terms of capacity building and empowerment and strategic direction. His contributions at the regional level earned him the Caribbean Confederation of Credit Unions Distinguished Service Award. He also served on its board of directors. The board of directors of the league and the rest of the local and regional credit union movement extend condolences to the family at this time of great need. May his soul rest in peace. Dominica Cooperative Society's League General Manager, Phoenix Belfield. President of the Dominica Cancer Association, Yvonne Alexander, says the rates of cancer mortality increased in some years. Alexander says in some years, more than 100 individuals in Dominica have died from cancer and 60 to 70 percent are males. The main cause of cancer-related deaths among the males is prostate cancer. This is why, for instance, during the month of September, the Dominica Cancer Society We'll be doing some promotion again of Prostate Cancer Awareness Month and raising awareness about cancer. But I can personally say that we are also aware that some of the individuals who have succumbed to cancer-related illnesses succumb within months of being diagnosed. It speaks to late detection. And this is why the Dominica Cancer Society will continue to encourage people to get screened. Alexander states that notwithstanding all the promotional and advocacy efforts on the part of the association, individuals are probably not adhering because many of those who succumb do so because of late detection. It needs to be said they succumb because of late detection. There are internal cancers that probably you don't have any symptoms and so on and probably some cannot be screened for. But when you hear of women dying for, from cervical cancer, breast cancer-related illnesses, it is of concern. Of men still dying from prostate cancer, it is of serious concern to us because these can be screened for, detected early, and people survive. President of the Dominica Cancer Association, Yvonne Alexander. Executive member of the Dominica Council on Aging, Sherita Gregor, says the council has reached an agreement with insurance company Sagico for a new insurance plan for its members. The new insurance coverage to be launched on September 19 is expected to touch on many areas from which the older persons can benefit. This insurance will cover them until the time of their death. Now, usually again, there's an, a start age, but the beginning age four, this insurance company is our registration as members, and it's open to persons 18 years and older. There's also the cutoff age for some of the insurance companies, and only if it is 60 or 70, but ours is, the proposed one is until you die. 
the major areas covered that will be covered we're talking about AIDS or AIDS related illnesses, transplants local overseas and intensive care treatment looking at surgical procedures other hospital services prescription drugs doctor's visit that includes specialist visit as well consultancy home and hospital emergencies maternity but remember we have in our membership persons 18 years and older also the insurance is open to members of your family as long as you let them become a member of the Council on Aging. Executive member of the Dominica Council on Aging, Sherita Gregoire. A Green City initiative dubbed Plant It Up Dominica has taken the lead to ensure that our future cities and generations make a positive impact on our climate and society. The Plant It Up project is a collaboration with the FAO and the Ministry of Environment. Project manager Vanessa Prevo and treasurer and team manager of the Plant It Up Roseau project, Jacqueline Dupony, were guests on Q95 earlier this morning, speaking on some of the importance of such an initiative, especially as the rest of the world feels the impacts of climate change. It's a very important component of our culture and also our tourism products. So we felt that it was really essential to fight for these things. You know, we've had the CC Corderos who fought for, for our patois, you know, because it was fast disappearing. And for us, we also feel that passion for our beautiful architecture that defines who we are. Part of our mandate is enhancement so we are the society for architectural preservation and enhancement so under that umbrella um, we took on the the um, task of this plant it up pro program which is very essential post maria where we lost so many trees mm-hmm. okay and um, what is what what you notice happening apart from climate change is that you're getting the heat island effect of roso roso is getting hotter and hotter i think every day everyone says i've never felt so hot before and it is as a result of us putting higher concentrations of buildings in a city and removing our our green trees and wow. and plants so you know it's just going to get hotter and hotter and hotter so that is what we seek to address and mitigate by planting our trees around roso Jacqueline Diopany, meantime, project manager Vanessa Prevo shared some of the areas of focus in the short-term phases as they continue to expand the initiative um, so, for example, some of the places we've identified to plant trees would be around the, the Lindo Park, um, Savannah. You know, in the past, there was a wonderful circle of flamboyant trees. And over time, because of various storms and just, you know, a lot of those trees have disappeared. And it is wonderful to sit down and watch a football game or whatever game or have children play. And you can sit down under a tree and, and, and take the, you know, you relaxing under the tree. Um, also, all along the the, um, the stretch, which is called the Portersville stretch, you start around the Portersville fisheries and you end up near to Mar- Marboid's um, um, 
eating establishment. Um, what many people might not know is that in the past that that area had three rows of tamarind trees which had been planted maybe more than a hundred plus years ago and over time there are just two of these tamarind trees left that is the one directly over my boy's establishment and the one which is near to to esmat and um there are other places we have identified, for example, along the Rosa River, especially the Stadium Road, um, along the Link Road to go up to the, the Lindo Park area, um, opposite to the the apartments, um, that is the Riverside Apartments, mm -hmm. um, the, the Kings Hill Cemetery. Um, I don't know if many people realize there's a military cemetery up in Kings Hill, but that's also a very important part of our history. And so we'll be planting some trees there as well. And many other areas around the city. That's just a few of them. Vanessa Prevo, still on the local scene, newly elected president of the Dominica Association of Industry and Commerce, Brenton Hilaire, says the DAIC is pleased to note that this year it was successful in its advocacy for inclusion in the national budget to permanently reduce transfer fees and to increase property tax for enhancing derelict properties in Roseau. He says vacant and abandoned properties present daunting challenges to the development of the city. Evidence shows that vacant and abandoned properties grabbed up local economies, impede population growth, depress property values, increase crime, and impose heavy cost burdens on the local government. Also, considering the health issue of the existence of these derelict properties, it is in the best interest of the country that the properties are enhanced or demolished. As such, we propose a property tax to be applied on derelict properties to deter property owners owning such properties to allow them to fall into disrepair. New DAIC President Brenton Hilaire. Economist Kent Vital, who is also chairman of NJAM, contends that reforming this administration is the most important thing Dominicans need to accomplish because it is incapable of improving their economic and social situation. He believes that in order to fix that condition, they should either appoint credible people who have the competence or demand that the current administration become transparent and change their practices. The most important thing we can do right now to fix our situation is change this government because this government cannot fix it. And if they can, then I will invite them to work with everybody else. And there are many people who can help them fix it. For them to fix it, they'll have to want to come clean. They would have to want to use the CBI properly. They would have to want to, to bring in the right people who are not corrupt to do the proper plan and so on. So, so, so that, that's the most fundamental thing, Dominicans. This government, we are in trouble. We are getting there. The reality is already upon us. So the best thing we can do now is as urgently and as quickly as we can change this government. He added that citizens can improve the chances of electing a new administration to help resolve the issue. And he noted that the extent of what has to be done, even though a new government is put in place. He emphasized that the CBI should be appropriately utilized for the growth of the nation and its citizens as long as it is in existence. However, he is not convinced this administration truly cares for Dominicans because they allegedly seem to utilize the CBI for personal reasons. Having said that, it's already very late, approaching a situation, as I said earlier on, that if we were to lose the CBI, we're in plenty of trouble. So what do we do about it? How can we do about the current situation? Even for a new government, what do we need to do 
if we were to change this government even so, what has to be done? The most urgent thing would be for as long as we still have the CBI, use it properly. For as long as we still have the CBI, ensure that not a single cent of the CBI is stolen, is misappropriated, goes to one of their friends. That's the first thing a new government must commit to. Now, if by any chance this government wants to make a difference, they will commit to that right now. They will stop this misallocation of resources. They will stop this illegality of not putting the monies where it should be in the consolidated fund and holding it out there illegally. If they want to make a difference, they can do it now. But I'm not convinced they want to make a difference. They want to defend themselves. They want to use the monies to bribe the people to win elections. So that's what I'm saying, people. Let's open our eyes. Economist and NJAM Chairman Kent Vital. Bernard Ito, political leader of the Dominica Freedom Party, notes that knowing its strengths and weaknesses is essential for improving and transforming Dominica's economy and society. He observes that determining the capacity to produce and generate value must be the government's aim. Direct goals and objectives must be set and they must be followed by thorough record-keeping so that the public may see the results and outcomes in an open and transparent manner. He emphasized that this is what a government must do in order to change this country and and that is what is just not being done we, we don't have a, a, a Sherman plan we don't have a plan to invest in the things and th- that is what we must do it's about creating and not just that we have to actually set up objectives and we have targets and we have to have this country managed as is a business enterprise right. we have to but have accountability we have to show this quarter what have you accomplished on the plan that's right show me the results not just showing, we're talking about the results. You know, I want to see the results. Yes. I want to see the better outcome. I want to see the increased healthcare every quarter, every and in a transparent manner. That has to be front and center. My fellow Dominicans, here's the report card for this quarter. Here's the report card for this year. That is what a government needs to do. In other news this afternoon, the Eastern Caribbean Securities Regulatory Commission announces it is working to promote the development of equity-based crowdfunding in the ECCU member countries to improve access to finance for MSMEs and support the sustainable recovery of the COVID-19 pandemic and invites interested parties to register for a series of free awareness raising and training activities. Access to finance, particularly in the wake of COVID-19, is a major challenge and impediment to growth for Caribbean MSMEs, which number approximately 20,000 and make up 95% of enterprises in the region, contributing 50% of GDP and employment. This challenge is driven by several factors. Many MSMEs have high levels of informality with little or no collateral, inadequate financials and weak business plans. Additionally, commercial banks impose burdensome application procedures and high interest rates for borrowing. Outside of these loans, there are limited options for borrowing in the region, with demand outstripping supply by as much as 850% in some territories. There is therefore a strong case for increasing the range of financial options for MSMEs and to cater to firms at all stages of the business development cycle to increase economic growth and facilitate a sustainable recovery for the region from the pandemic. The ECSRC, an independent, autonomous regional 
Securities Market Regulatory Authority is contributing to this effort by promoting the development of a framework to support crowdfunding activities in the ECCU member countries. To this end, the ECSRC has embarked upon an 18-month project funded by the Caribbean Development Bank's Caribbean Technological Consultancy Services, CTCS Network. The goal of the project is to have a viable equity crowdfunding platform launched in the ECCU member countries by 2023. Equity-based crowdfunding allows prospective investors to offer funding to businesses in exchange for shares or an equity stake in these businesses. And ahead of a midnight Tuesday deadline, the Justice Department dropped a bombshell filing stating that the Trump team concealed and moved top-secret documents before the search at Mar-a-Lago. The filing was a response to the former president's request for a special master to review government records seized at his Florida home. Chief election and campaign correspondent with CBS Mornings, Robert Costa, has the latest reporting. The big takeaway here is that this is the most detailed picture yet of this investigation, revealing much more about what was taken from former President Trump's Florida home earlier this month. The filing also states that obstruction of the probe could be a problem for Trump's legal team. The Justice Department spelled out its position in a 36-page filing. The explosive legal document revealed for the first time ever photo evidence of the highly classified documents it seized from Trump's Florida home, which appeared to show Trump was in possession of intelligence materials derived from human sources. The snapshot marked as a redacted FBI photograph of documents and classified cover sheets was recovered from a container from the so-called 45 office used by the former president at his sprawling waterfront property which, while protected by Secret Service, is not considered a secure location for classified material. The filing was in response to the Trump legal team's request for an independent attorney or special master to be appointed to review the evidence that the FBI had already obtained about two weeks earlier. The Justice Department forcefully pushed back against that idea, framing it as unnecessary and legally unsound writing the former president lacks standing to seek judicial relief or oversight as to presidential records because those records do not belong to him. Former Justice Department official Harry Littman explains what's most striking about the DOJ filing. The filing, besides making the very strong legal case, makes a pretty strong factual case and gives us new details that reveal that far from being cooperative, Trump tried at every trick in the book to keep these documents from going back to where they belong, that is, the National Archives. The Justice Department also sharply outlined a case of possible obstruction against Trump and his lawyers. The government developed evidence that government records were likely concealed and removed from the storage room, and that efforts were likely taken to obstruct the government's investigation, the filing asserts. And it raised questions about whether Trump and his team properly responded to demands ahead of the FBI search for documents to be found, secured, and returned. That the FBI, in a matter of hours, recovered twice as many documents with classification markings as the diligent search that the former president's counsel and other representatives had weeks to perform calls into serious question the representations they made, the filing states. 
But Florida federal judge Eileen Cannon, a Trump appointee, will have the final word after Thursday's hearing. The judge's order actually seemed to suggest she was seriously entertaining appointment of a special master. And DOJ really pushed back hard. And there was really no legal basis here at all to appoint a special master. So in a polite way, they're telling her, butt out. Ahead of Thursday's hearing, which will be a legal crossroads, Trump's legal team has brought on a new attorney, Chris Kyes, the former Florida Solicitor General, to help them navigate the state's federal courts. Bob, based on all the details... And that's the midday news. But first, a recap of our headlines. Dominica Corporative Society's League General Manager Phoenix Belfield announces the loss of one of their icons and stalwarts, Clement Montgomery Carty. The Eastern Caribbean Securities Regulatory Commission calls for early stakeholder participation in equity-based crowdfunding in the ECCU member countries to improve access to finance for MSMEs. And the U.S. Department of Justice dropped a bombshell filing ahead of a midnight Tuesday deadline, stating that the Trump team concealed and moved the top secret documents before the search at Mar-a-Lago. The news is brought to you. Compliments, Courts Dominica Limited. I am Kimberly Benjamin. Q, top of the hour news.